Kia ora and welcome to the Have to Travel Show. I am your host Helen Brahms from Cruise Planners and I am doubly, superly, triply excited today, if that's even a word or a phrase, but it is now because I just said it, um, because we are going to be talking about an amazing trip that's coming up at the end of the year for a huge event that's happening. Well, you may not think it's so huge, but I do because I'm turning 50 in December, so I am hitting my 50 with a bang and a buzz and a great trip down to New Zealand. And to help me guide you through what we're going to be doing on this great tour, I have with me my good mate from Australia, although he's actually living up in Seattle, and that is John Gunning from Air New Zealand Vacations, who are going to be our vendor providing all of the accommodation and the buses and everything else that we're going to be using on this trip. So John, welcome back to the show, and thank you so much for taking time out of your day to come talk about this really cool event. My dear, not a problem at all. It's a pleasure to have a chat to you, and I can say from the bottom of my heart, anyone that goes with you on this trip is going to have a trip of a lifetime. A, because you know it better than anyone else, and I can tell you what, there's going to be a lot of excitement because you only turned 50 once, and what you've told me about what's going to be happening is pretty exciting. So if you have any spare tickets, maybe I'll come along as well. Oh, you're always welcome to come with us, John, because um, you and I have done the trip to the Cook Islands in New Zealand in the past, and we had an absolute blast on that. But this one we're going, to make, we're going to make a little more adventurous for people because, as you said, you only turned 50 once. And when I turned 40, my husband said to me, he said, what do you want to do for your 40th birthday? So I said to him, I said, I want to go down to New Zealand a couple of weeks beforehand, celebrate with my family in New Zealand. Then on my actual birthday, we celebrate it with the family in New Zealand. We hop on the plane that evening. We get back to L.A. And because of the time difference and the international dateline, when we arrive back in the States, it's still my birthday. And so then we could celebrate with Brad's family in L.A. And he turned around, he looked at me, and he went, no. And I said, why not? And he said, because it's too exhausting. Then I said, if we're not doing it for my 40th, we're doing it for my 50th. So that is exactly what we're doing. But what we decided to do, well, I decided, is we're going to have some fun along the way, make it a really great adventure. So we're going to, um, and we've got flexibility so people can either go down and do New Zealand and Australia beforehand, then join us on this tour, or they can add New Zealand and Australia on at the end of the tour as well, or they can just come down for eight days, seven nights of a lot of action, but we do have plenty of time in there for to have time at their leisure. So what we're going to do is we're going to go through this itinerary, and John's going to help me out a bit as well, um, and we're going to talk about some of the destinations we're going to and some of the things that you can see and do. So let's get this ball rolling. So the 2nd of December, which is day one, is when we're going to meet in Queenstown. Now, John, tell us about Queenstown. Queenstown is one of those places, Helen, in my, and I've been there many times, is that it doesn't matter what time of year you go, you always have fun. And the easiest way to look mm -hmm. at it is it's the adrenaline capital of the Southern Hemisphere. So if you think bungee jumping, you fitting shot over jet, or you're just thinking beautiful scenery, Queenstown has it all. I'm pretty excited to hear what actually you've got planned for, you, for the group that you're looking at travelling down there with because I know you mentioned a few of the, the iconic things such as bungee jumping and the likes, but maybe you could give us a quick overview. Absolutely. So day, so day one when you arrive in Queenstown, you'll be arriving in the morning. Um, the flight gets in around 12 Oh, actually, you don't arrive in the morning. You arrive just in the afternoon at 12.05 on the flight from Auckland. So if you've flown in from the US, you would have left on November the 30th arrived in, the, um, in Auckland on December the 2nd, and then caught a transferring flight down to um, Queenstown, which arrives at 12.05. Um, we're going to be then transferring you to our accommodation at the Novotel Queenstown, which is right there on the lakefront. It is a gorgeous hotel, 
great location. You're less than a five-minute walk to where everything happens in Queenstown. Um, and as you said, the adrenaline capital, I actually call it the adrenaline capital of the world because I don't know of any other place that matches the, the types of activities that you can do um, anywhere else in the world. As This is the only place I know of that has such a concentration of adrenaline junkie rushing stuff. Um, so that afternoon we're actually going to go out to the historic um, Kaurau Bridge and this is the home of the original A.J. Hackett bungee jump which was started there in 1988. And I have always told everybody that if I'm ever stupid enough to jump off anything with a rubber band around my ankles, there is only one place in the world I would do it, and this is where it is. So I'm going to be jumping, and you can either stay back at the hotel and relax, walk around Queenstown if you want to, or you can come out with us, and you can either jump, or you can um, stand on the viewing platform and watch everybody else jump. And uh, I've been on that platform a few times watching a lot of people jump and seeing different reactions on some people who get up there and don't even wait for the count. Some people wait for the count and keep waiting. Um, some people get to that, that number three and off they go with no problems at all. And I saw the funniest one, I saw one woman get set to the edge and she's still having second, thirds, tenths. You know, she's having lots of rethinks about whether or not she actually wants to do this. And then she overbalances and actually ended up falling off. Um, but had a great time and she gets to the bottom. She goes, that was awesome. I don't know what took me so long to get off the platform. Um, so that's day one. That's what we're going to be doing. And then the evening, they'll be free to do whatever they like. There's tons of great eating places in Queenstown. Um, and there's a great nightlife in Queenstown as well. And um, because we're going to be there in December, it'll be summer. So you'll have the longer nights there as well because they'll be in daylight saving. Um, and so it's absolutely beautiful. And like you said, it doesn't matter what time of year in Queenstown. It's just an amazing place to be. Um, and then day two, we're going – Sorry? I'm just saying I'm jealous, and for anyone who's thinking, should I go out, I'd definitely go out and watch Helen do this because that'll be worth the admission alone. And outside of that, it's amazing, Helen, and I know you've had people down there who say, no, no, I'm not going to do it, and then they get out there and adrenaline kicks in or they get peer group pressure, and before you know it, you're up on the <laughs> ledge jumping off and just, you know, and the, even regardless, even if you don't jump, the scenery out there is spectacular. It's like Hollywood oh, without props. Oh, it is gorgeous. So, it is gorgeous scenery out there. And I'm still, I'm still trying to figure out how to harness Casey Kiwi to me so he can jump with me. So <laughs> well, I'm still I tell trying you, to figure be out. On for dear life, I'd say. Dear <laughs> <life>. <laughs> yeah, people keep coming up with different suggestions. I'm like thinking, okay, I'm going to be upside down. He may fall out. Um, so we're trying to figure out how to harness Casey Kiwi to me so that he can do the jump as well, which I think would look really cool. Um, so then that's day one. So day two. We're, going, we're still going to be in Queenstown. We've got breakfast in the morning, and then we're going to catch the, um, the Milford Day Tour on a private coach that's going to take us out to um, Milford Sound, which is this gorgeous, gorgeous, gorgeous fjord. If you've ever been to Alaska or Norway or Greenland or Chile and you've seen the fjords there and how breathtaking they are, you're going to feel right at home there in Milford Sound. It is just absolutely stunningly beautiful. And we're going to do the, um, the boat ride out to the sound, out to the Tasman Sea, turn around and come back in, and then take the coach back. So, John, what's, what, what are your thoughts on the Milford Sound? I mean, Milford I'm biased Sound. because I'm from New Zealand. <laughs> I, and and that's, that's fully understandable. Helen, the, I think the easiest way to explain Milford Sound is people say it should be the eighth wonder of the world. So straight away people get that automatic recognition. And the drive down there when you go past the 1,000 waterfalls, you go through the, the tunnel and you just learn about the history on, and how hard it was for initially to get everybody down there. But that's the natural beauty that surrounds you, you know, the beautiful mountains, you know, that are just 
you know, cascading up the side of you and then all of a sudden you come down to this beautiful fjord land, you jump on the boat and then you cruise out on the fjord. You know, you may see fur seals, you may see penguins, you may see dolphins out there. And even if you don't see any of those beautiful majestic sea creatures, you have the beautiful mountain ranges around you and the tranquil waters. It, it truly is a wonder of the world. And the journey in itself is an activity that everybody loves and raves about. I took a group down there uh, probably about five to six weeks ago. And actually, some of the people talk more about the drive uh, than the actual <laughs> cruise, purely because the whole place was amazing. So everybody has their own little piece that they loved about it. It's, it's just a great day out. And you go through a number of little towns on the way, learn a little bit about the history. Mm -hmm. Uh, you certainly can't go wrong for, for that day out, and it's something everybody can do. You know, not everybody can bungee jump, obviously, but everybody can yep. do a great trip down to Milford Sound and, and get get out of it what they want. So it's a great day. Yeah, one of the things that I like about Milford Sound now I've been there many, many times, and I have yet to see Mitre's Peak. Okay. Every time I have been there, Mitre's Peak has been in cloud. And for yep. those that don't know, it's just this, um, it looks like this big rock just sitting out there in the middle of the, of the fjord, and it looks like a mitre's peak, you know, a mitre's hat, and the mitre hat. Um, and every time I've been there, it has been under cloud. Um, I have yet to see Milford Sound on a beautiful, clear, sunny day. Every time I've been there, it's been the misty, mysterious Milford. But Milford Sound is one of those places, it doesn't matter what the weather is like, it's still gorgeous. And if you happen to be there... Um, a day or two after they've had rains, they have what they call the rainfalls, which are the waterfalls that occur when all the excess water from the rain is running off the hills and everything. And it's just stunningly beautiful. So I'm looking forward to that one. And it's a nice relaxing day as well. So um, it's good. And lunch is included too. We forgot that small piece. Lunch is included. So when yeah, we get back to Queenstown that evening... <laughs> got to remember the food, got to remember the food. <laughs> it keeps everybody happy. It keeps you going for that next day as well. So that's, a, that's very important. Oh, yes. Um, so dinner that evening is going to be on their own. Um, and then the next day we are still in Queenstown and we have breakfast. And then we've got a day at leisure. Or they can come and do the Queenstown Canyon with me. And we're going to go canyoning. And, John, have you ever been canyoning? I have. I have, Helen, and it's one of those things I, I, I try to convince everybody to do it. So, I mean, I, I'd be interested to see your photos that come back from it and obviously to hear your first-hand experience as well. So what was driving you to well, choose to do this? You know, I mean, obviously you had so many options in Queenstown, as you said, sort of being the adrenaline capital. How did you choose these three different options? So how I chose the canyoning one is that... Um, I was doing a TV show, I was recording a TV show episode and we were looking for um, adrenaline type things for people to do and I happened to stumble across canyoning and I thought, what the heck is this? And I watched these videos of it and actually from the people who run the, um, run the canyoning experience there and watched it and I thought, that is really cool. You could be abseiling, you could be jumping down waterfalls, you could be swimming down the streams, you could be, um, um, let's see ziplining in some places depending which canyon you do um, so there's all different elements involved and this one I believe if I remember correctly is a three-hour excursion um, yep. so when we get back from that again the day at your leisure to do what you want to do go do something else go jet boating or something um, or just go for a stroll there's plenty of great walks around Queenstown but then that evening we get to do one of my favorite things in Queenstown that um, is one of those things that I think everybody that goes to Queenstown should do 
and that is to take the Skyline Gondola up to the top of the hill, up the top of the mountain there, where they've got the, um, the restaurant at the top there, and you have dinner with this absolutely stunning view of Queenstown, Lake Wakatipu, and the Remarkables. It mm. is just stunningly beautiful, and all the lights are out, and if it's a clear night, you've got gorgeous stars above you. It's just one of those magical places that everybody needs to experience when they go to Queenstown. And the food is amazing as well. Uh, I mean, you get up there and you've just got this huge buffet. You mean, you've got everything Absolutely. you could possibly need, you know, be it vegan, vegetarian, and then obviously for us who don't mind it, you know, uh, to delve into, you know, the finer lamb products that we get down in New Zealand as well. Mm -hmm. So it's just, uh, it's just delectable. And if you want a nice glass of white wine or red wine from that area as well, you can pick one up there very easy or a soft drink. And to top it all off, the view is just, Spectacular, as you said, Lake Wakatipu, mm -hmm. the Remarkables. And at the same time, it gives you a good opportunity just to sit back and reflect on the beauty of where you are because obviously when you're down in the town centre, you're walking around and sometimes you miss uh, the beauty that is Queenstown as well because there's so much going on. Absolutely. And um, I totally lost my train of thought on that one. We'll come back to it when I think of it. So anyway, so then the next day, um, and you get great, I mean, the, just the ride up, the experience to ride up and down in the gondolas is just amazing as well. There's these little four-person shell, um, egg-shaped things that go up the hill um, and bring you back down again. Um, and then one of the things that you can do um, on your day of leisure, if you don't want to come do some of the things, you can actually take the gondola up there and you come down on the luge. Um, or you can go up there and you can go paraponting or parasailing. There's all sorts of different things you can do. And for those that want something more quiet, and you mentioned wines, that's what I was remembering. You mentioned the wines, is that there's a great winery uh, wine tour that you can do around the Queenstown area where there's some great wines to be had down there. And that's one thing about New Zealand is that there's all these award-winning wineries all around New Zealand. So just about everywhere we go, um, there's places that you can go and do wine tours through some of the magnificent wineries. Yeah, and that's the great thing about Queenstown. As you said, some people may not go canyoning. I hope they all do go with you, Helen. But if not, they've got the options of the, you know, the shot over jet, you know, the Dart River where they can learn about the wilderness areas. They may want to jump mm -hmm. on the TSS Earns Law and, you know, head across to a farm and watch a traditional sheepdog trial and watch a sheep being sheared. Or they might want to do something like a safari of the scenes, which is Lord of the Rings type stuff where you jump in a four-wheel drive, yes. you go up into the mountains and they show you all about these beautiful areas that were used in Lord of the Rings and, you know, The Hobbit as well. So there's ample choices down there for when they're travelling with you on, on this great trip. Yeah, and not just those two mo not just those movies that you mentioned, but also too, um, the, um, the Narnia Chronicles, um, Prince Caspian was filmed down there as well. Um, and so was Top of the Lake, and I'm trying to remember the other one. The um, X-Men Wolverine. Wolverine was filmed in that was yep. filmed in that area as well. So there's lots of different movies, and when you're on that scenic safari thing, they'll not only talk about the Lord of the Rings and the Hobbit, but they'll talk about the other movies that are being filmed in the area as well. And um, depending which one you do, some of them actually have memorabilia from those movies that you'll get to handle and get pictures taken with and all that sort of stuff as well. Um, so that's Queenstown, and then the next morning we have breakfast, we go to the airport, and we fly from Queenstown all the way up to Rotorua, which is one of my favorite pla another one of my favorite places. This is kind of like a Helen's favorite places of New Zealand trip, with some adventure thrown in. Um, <laughs> well, I like somebody who wants to see the highlights chosen. of New Zealand. This is this is it. <laughs> well, the thing is, you're giving them everybody a taste of a, a little bit of New Zealand. So obviously adrenaline, and now we're heading off to you know arguably the cultural capital. So absolutely, right. and um, the flight 
the pricing of the flight is not included in the pricing of the um, of the tour, so we just need to make that clear. Um, but then that evening we're going to be transferring after we get to Queen. Um, sorry, after we get to Rotorua, we're going to transfer to the Novotel Rotorua, which is right there on the lake. And the one thing I like about this property, and this is one that we stayed at last year, John, when we were down there in New Zealand, is that um, you walk out the door. If you go left, there is the lake. If you go right, you cross the street, and you're on what's called Eat Street. And Eat Street is a block that they have made pedestrian access only, and they have all these little cafes and bars all along this block there. So you can actually do like a progressive dinner if you wanted to, going to each of the different little cafes, restaurants, and bars that are in this area. Um, or do it as a lunch or something like that as well. So you will have an opportunity to experience it. But that first night, you're not going to be able to do it that first night because we are going to take you to the Tamaki Māori Village for, excuse me, for what I think is one of the best Māori cultural immersions that anybody can experience in a short amount of time. And um, I know, John, you got to be the chief of our waka when we went out there, didn't you? <laughs> I, I certainly did. And I don't know if you stitched me up, as we say in Australia, Helen, or whether or not that was just uh, pure luck that I ended up being attacked as soon as we jumped off the bus. It I was a said great nothing. Because <laughs> I knew uh, the second I, I opened my mouth, the driver would know I was a native. <laughs> <laughs> I think the jury's out on this one. The jury's out. But, well, but it was a great night. It was a great night, so... And I even have this great video, which is on our YouTube channel, of John learning the haka. Um, <laughs> yeah, not, not a lot food, of... Uh, the food there. <laughs> not a lot of what? No, a, lot of, a lot of enthusiasm, but not a lot of style. It's probably the easiest way I'll sum up my haka performance. So. But that's what the haka is about. It's, about, it's all about exactly. enthusiasm. Exactly, exactly. So, but the, the great night is you get to try a number of different things like that, didn't we? As we walked around and we went we to that little hut, so it was it was yep. really good. So, you know, the, the women and the, men, the food is amazing. <laughs> oh, it is it, it, the traditional style of cooking in the hungi in the ground and learning out of you know just learning on ancestors' past on how they developed their food, developed their lifestyle, and just the ways they've incorporated that into you know today's society and ways in which we can learn from the past, I guess. Uh, which was what I really took out of the night, and obviously the great food as well was, was a real highlight. Yep, and they even have the cultural show as well where they do a lot of the Māori singing and dancing with the poi, and they get another haka in there, and you get to hear some of the, Māori, the traditional Māori songs, which is really cool, and they have some beautiful music, they really do. Um, so it's a great evening out. And then the next day, we're going to, after breakfast, we're going to hop on a private coach, and we're going to head over to the Waitomo Caves, and we're also going to go to the Otrahonga Kiwi House. So the Waitomo Caves, um, again, another phenomenal experience, another one of those things, if, you can, if you've got the time in your itinerary to do it, it's another thing that you should do, like the Tamaki Māori Villages, so is Waitomo Caves. And um, Waitomo Caves was, I mean, I've lost count the number of times I have been there. They just blow me away every time I go there. Um, and the thing about the Waitomo Caves is that you actually, at the end of the tour, you get into a boat and it's pitch black, but you look up at the top of the cave, and it's like you're looking at a starry sky. But you have to remember, you're actually looking at glowworms, which is the coolest thing. <laughs> what did you I, think of the Waitomo Caves? I, I was the same, Helen. I, lo I loved it. But the thing that it really stood out for me was just the acoustics when we were inside the caves, you know, when we had mm -hmm. people singing in there, and they've said they've had various performances in there. Just the, the natural amphitheater that it creates 
for anyone who has a voice or doesn't have a singing voice, it's certainly you certainly understand why people would want to perform there. And then, as you said, it's just topped off as you cruise through, getting the history of the area of the first you know explorers down there, and you're in your cave and you look up, and then you know literally the cave comes alive with these little glowworms, and then they explain the silt that's been used that's created uh, you know the structure that we can see. So it, it is mm -hmm. just a really nice relaxing introduction to the, to the area and there's it's just a beautiful part of the country in and around that region as well. And then we have lunch and then we're going to go over to the Otrahonga Kiwi House. Now John, have you ever been to the Otrahonga Kiwi House? I haven't. So this is one I'm going to leave to you. I've been to places similar to it, but this one's all yours because I know you know it really well, Helen. <laughs> this is one of my favourite places. Um, for those that don't know, Kiwi is the native bird of New Zealand. It's not just a fruit. Um, it, the kiwi fruit was actually named after the bird, the kiwi. And um, for those of you that follow Casey Kiwi, you would have some idea of what a kiwi looks like. And he puts up pictures of there of kiwis every now and again. Um, but this here at the kiwi, um, at the kiwi house, you actually learn a lot about the kiwi bird, the different varieties of they are, the, uh, the different breeds of kiwi that there are. Um, you may get to hold one, you may not. I don't know. Um, I don't know if they've changed that or not, um, but you will get to see some kiwis, and you will be going into dark areas because kiwis are nocturnal birds. Um, so you'll be going into some dark areas where you will see them in their natural habitat, but you'll be able to, um, and you're looking through a plate glass that you can see them in their natural habitat and see them foraging around on the forest floors and things like that. Um, but it is a great experience, and um, you know, most people think they're ugly-looking birds. I think they're gorgeous. I think they're cute. Um, and it just says, and the story behind the kiwi about how the kiwi lost its wings is a really great story, um, a great one of the myths and legends, the Maori myths and legends, and you learn all about that as well. So it's yeah, I mean, just, we, um, we can, I can say with my heart on my chest, Helen, we we do a lot of itineraries, and when this is included into itineraries and that's packaged up by by our team, people come back and rave about this because it's something mm -hmm. that they didn't know too much about. Everybody's heard about bungee jumping and you know various other sort yep. of activities. But this was one of those activities, hey, just trust me, uh, you know, we've had a lot of our staff that have been there and rave about it. And then people come back and they say, hey, that was just something, you know, I didn't have an expectation, but I was blown away by the experience. And, and like I said, I haven't been there as yet, so I've been to other places throughout New Zealand as a similar uh, experience. So hopefully I can get down there very soon and check it out. Well, come with us. <laughs> I would love to. I would love to. I'd love to. You know I would. I'd be first on that. Um, and yeah, the Otrahonga Kiwi House is one of those hidden gems of New Zealand. Not many people know about it, so they don't know that it's there to go to. But those that do go come away with a completely new appreciation for the Kiwi. Um, and it's just one of my favourite places to go. And uh, if I've got people going near Waitomo Caves and they're not on a bus tour or they're on a self-drive, I'll say, hey, it's, they're 15 minutes apart, stop in there either on your way to the caves or after the caves, and um, you'll have a great time. Um, so again, we've had good feedback on that one too. So then after that we get back to Rotorua and the rest of the day is yours to do as you please. Um, and then um, the next day we have a full day in Rotorua and we've got um, breakfast and lunches included that day. And we're going to be doing a tour of Waia Otapu which is one of the geothermal areas. Um, it's a self-guided walk through but it's one of the thermal areas so you'll get to see like boiling mud and Champagne Lake and um, the geysers and all this stuff because um, Rotorua not only being the cultural centre of New Zealand for the Māoris, it is also the geothermal area of New Zealand as well. And so a lot of, um, like the Polynesian baths, which are a short walk from the hotel we're going to be staying at, are all heated 
by the um, the geothermal activity that takes place in the in the Rotorua area. So you'll get to see the geysers, the boiling mud, the champagne lake, um, and lots of cool stuff while you're there. Um, and in the afternoon, we can either have a day at leisure, or the afternoon at leisure along with the evening, or I'm going to be heading out to do either Agro Ventures or the Agrodome. I haven't decided yet which one. Now the okay. Agrodome, um, the Agrodome is um, it is basically a farm show, and you can do a tour while you're there as well. But it shows you all the different breeds of sheep that we have in New Zealand, and we have quite a few. And I never, as a New Zealander, I never knew how many breeds of sheep we had until I went to the Agrodome for the first time and saw them up there on stage. And I was like, that's a lot of sheep. Um, yeah. <laughs> there's a lot of different varieties. Um, they do a sheep. Sorry, carry on. I was just, I was always think because someone told me that, you know, in New Zealand has a population of approximately about 4 million. There's around about between 30 and 40 million sheep there. So it's about a 10 to 1 ratio, mm -hmm. give or take. So yeah, I was amazed as you, Helen, when you go in there and all of a sudden they just keep parading out these sheep and they all do look completely <laughs> different from one another. You think, oh, one sheep looks like the next, but that's not the case. Uh, obviously, you've got your wool and then also your meat variety as well. And you learn all about that at the Agrodome, which is great. Absolutely. And I still remember, I don't remember which breed of sheep it was. But you know how they have them in the pens off at the side and they bring them up and they go to their little stand and they put the chain on them to hold them there and mm -hmm. they get to eat out of their little food things. Yep. This one sheep decided that um, it wasn't going to wait and it actually jumped over the wall of the um, the pen that they had them in and walked up to its place and started eating its food. The very next words out of the guy's mouth who was narrating the whole thing is, um, this is a very active sheep who likes to jump. <laughs> you can see. And the sheep was already, it was like he wasn't waiting his turn. He was like, okay, I'm next, I'm just going. <laughs> I'm not oh, waiting for them to open a gate for me. <laughs> well, and I always um, and I have an interest in that because my dad actually trains sheepdogs for a living and he says some of the best in the world come from New Zealand purely because they're having to work these animals on a day-to-day. -day. So you also get to see the yeah. traditional sheepdog there as well, which is great. And that's awesome too, and um, they get to see the sheepdog demonstration, which is amazing to watch, um, especially with the um, the dogs where they don't bark. Um, mm -hmm. Just watching the dogs stare down these sheep that don't want to move, and it is just, you know, you've got these sheep which are bigger than the dogs, um, and the way the dogs actually corral these sheep, and without even barking at them, they just, like, stare these sheep down and get them to move in the direction they want them to move. It is just phenomenal to watch. Um, and it's just sort of, and then you get the stub, the one stubborn sheep. They'll actually stand there, and I've actually seen some sheep stand there and stomp their paw, their foot at the dog. Like I am staying here, I am not going to move. And the dog just patiently stands there, eyeballing the sheep, and literally yeah. very slowly starts walking towards the sheep. And the sheep's like stomping its foot, like I'm not moving. And then it starts slowly backing up. And <laughs> And it's amazing, like they can control, you know, 20, 30, 40, 50, up to 100, you know, sheep, uh, one sheep dog. Yep. So just depending on the quality uh, and also, you know, the, the diversity of the landscape as well. So it's it's just really interesting. So it's, it is. it's a great it's to get out and learn about that other side. The other thing they can do while they're at the farm show is they can actually add on the farm tour, which takes them around and they'll get to see um, the other type of animals that we have in New Zealand, like the beef cattle, the deer, the llamas, the alpaca, the ostriches. We even have emus over there too. Um, they get to hand feed some of the animals as well. Um, and then the other thing that we can, they can do is, if they wish, they can go do agro adventures. Um, mm -hmm. And agro adventures has different things like the swoop, the free fall extreme, the sweeping, and the agro jet. Um, so they can either do one or or four of them, or you know pick one or two to do, or do all four or five of them, and that sort of stuff. 
And for those that don't know what sweeping is, the reason I put this in is because I thought it was really cool. I saw a video on it, and I thought it's something brand new to New Zealand. It was invented by a New Zealand guy. And basically it's these two monorail tracks that parallel each other, and they're the exact same length, and they have like this huge, if you think of like a, um, like a pill capsule, this big giant pill capsule, and inside it is a recumbent bike. And you um, get into this capsule thing, you get sit on the bike, and you pedal your way around the monorail, and you race the person who's on the other monorail. And they criss and cross over so the track's the same length. Um, and I thought that would be really cool to, to try that. So that's where that one came from. Um, it's like out of a James Bond movie, I always think when I see that. I always think, yeah, I could see James Bond going in one of these or something along those lines. <laughs> Absolutely. Oh, you bought him one of my favourite sets of movies. <laughs> <laughs> That's great. Um, so after we after our day there, um, again, the evenings at leisure. So you've either got the afternoon at leisure, joining us out at the Agrodome or the Agroadventures. The evening is at leisure. Then the next day we get on a bus after breakfast and we head up to Auckland. But we have a stop along the way and we're going to what is now one of my most favourite places in New Zealand to go. And I have lots of favourite places, so it just gets, my list just gets longer. But I went to this for the first time last year with you, John, and that's mm -hmm. Hobbiton. Yep. And, I mean, that place just astounded me. And I thought, even if you're not into the Hobbit movies, the special effects and what they have done with this permanent movie set now is just astounding. And you look around, and there's a tree on there which is completely fake. But you don't know yeah, which yeah. one it is. Yep. Yep. It, and just yeah, it's the, an amazing place. It's, yeah. And the detail that has gone into this place is incredible. And the guide that we had, Casey, was our guide, and as she was taking us around, she's telling us, oh, like, you know, you see that over there? Yeah, well, we had to, we had to go and paint this so that it couldn't be seen in the movie. And because we had to make this look like it wasn't in a technology world, we had to go do this, we had to do that. And, and just learning about the detail that they went through and how they get – um, moss to grow on the wrong side of a fence because they want you to think that the east is on the west side and not the east side and all this sort of stuff and it was um, it was really cool going through there and learning about some of the tricks and sh that they use behind the, the movies so even if you're not a Hobbit fan just to go along and hear how they do special effects and get things to look right on the camera is just fascinating and that was yeah. one of the biggest things that I took away from it and I found it was great that was we had a diversity in our group that some were huge Lord of the Rings Hobbit uh, fans, others who mm -hmm. said I'd only probably never even watched a movie. Some of the guys had said, mm -hmm. but everybody came away with a you know a real fascination and uh, an understanding of how much time and effort that went into making these these films. And I think most of us actually watched a, a couple of them on the plane as well, just so you could fully understand. It. And it's always interesting <laughs> to go, oh, I've been there, I've done that. So. But, yeah. <laughs> It, it's it sounds like me. The first time I took Brad down to New Zealand was in 2002, and it was between the first Lord of the Rings movie coming out and the second one. So when the second one came out, we're sitting in the movie theater on my elbow and going, you've been there, you've seen that, recognize that place. <laughs> <laughs> and that's, yeah, that's, that's how I felt like the group were, and I, 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 everybody loves it. It's because it's just a great time there, and at the end of it, you go into the Green Dragon, and you can have some lunch, or you can have a, an early dinner, yep. you can have a, you know, a Coke or a Pepsi or a, or a beer that they actually brew there in house. So it's just a really great Absolutely. experience. So. And um, we actually we've actually got lunch included with our guided tour. So 
we'll be having lunch there and then after lunch we hop on the bus and we head up to Auckland and we'll be staying at the Crown Plaza Hotel in Auckland which is an easy walk down to the waterfront um, and again once we get there the rest of the day you can do whatever you want to do you can walk down the waterfront and to me I'm not a big city girl I'm small town girl I grew up in small, a lot of small towns around New Zealand um, but Auckland to me is just another city but I do love their waterfront area. The harbour area is just gorgeous. You go down there, you've got the marina down there with all these beautiful yachts in there. You can go down um, to Viaduct Harbour, which was specifically built for the America's Cup when New Zealand first won it. And that's where all the teams used to have all of their sheds and everything and bring the yachts in each night and do the prep for the next day races and all that sort of thing. Um, they have the ferry that takes you over to Waiheke Island, which has some great wineries over there. You've got the ferry that can go up to Davenport, which is this great little quaint town. It's also the home of the New Zealand Navy. Um, it's just the waterfront is just a is just alive with a lot of stuff down there. You can even do a dinner cruise out there if you want to as well. Um, so you know you, there's plenty of stuff that you can that you can see and do, and uh, yeah, lots of restaurants and cafes and that sort of thing. Did I miss anything? Was, what did I miss? That was the thing that I, I not astounded me about New Zealand because I've been there many times, but just recently I've been mm -hmm. back twice in the last year or so. The food, Helen, the food has come mm -hmm. along in leaps and bounds over the last 10 to 15 years. I mean, it was always good, but I find now that the quality, the diversity of it there is great. And you find so many choices down at the waterfront at the Viaduct Harbour where you can go into different restaurants. You can also you know, try a bit of a local ice cream like a pokey pokey or something like that as well. If you pokey pokey. Pokey pokey, that's what it is. You, you see, I need a New Zealander to correct me. I, I, I had someone on there and now I still call it the wrong name. So you can probably tell them more about it than I can. But I tell you what, I loved it. Just those little things, those little touches that were, you know, equisential, uh, quintessential New Zealand. Uh, so that, that's Absolutely. what I found. You can get in the big city still, but, you know, I mean, Auckland is a big city, but it's not a big city in the scale that we see here in the United States especially from those True. people that are from, from areas such as, you know, California and, you know, New York and that, where, you know, we come from cities where there could be, you know, 10 million people, no problems at all. But in, in New Zealand, uh, a big city is about 3 million, give or take. Yep, something like that. Because we have, like, 4.5 million people in New Zealand. Half the population lives in Auckland. Yep. And then um, the rest of the population is half of that what's left is in the South Island and the rest of it's in the North Island. So, yep, so, yeah, yeah. That, that's... Um, yeah. So then the next day, we were, so that evening there, they can go down to Viaduct Harbour, they can find something good to eat down there, um, lots of stuff always going on down there, um, there's different tours that you can do, although I don't know if they would have time to do, I'd have to have a look at that to see what time we're, because we're going to arrive there like mid-afternoon, so um, okay. for those that want to, they can go do the Harbour dinner cruise, which was which was really cool, you actually get to um, um you go under the Auckland Harbour Bridge and come back again, and if the wind's out, you're under sail. And, um, you get to drive the boat as well. And park. Yes, you get, yep, you get to drive it as well. I remember doing that. I got a good picture of John doing it as too. <laughs> well, I think you're a bit of a natural. I think you might have had a bit of past experience just quietly. We'll see. Yeah, my past experience was in the Milford Sound, and I was given the rudder to control, it wasn't actually a wheel, it was a rudder. Okay. And there were four of us on this yacht and we were staying out in the Milford Sound overnight. And I had a huge fear of water at the time. 
So while everybody else is just walking around in their shorts and T-shirts and stuff like that, I'm there with my life jacket on. Like, there ain't no way I'm stepping on this boat without a life jacket. I think I almost slept in the thing too. Maybe I took it off, so I can't remember. But I remember that I was told, okay, keep the bow of the, the, bow of the yacht pointing towards that particular island over there. I went, okay. So I'm going along, and this gust of wind comes and pushes the yacht up onto its side. So I just moved the tiller to bring it back upright. And, um, and of course, it puts on a different path. And, and the guy that was a friend that I was with, he says, no, he says, put it back down. I said, no, it tips the boat. We're going to tip over. I mean, that's how petrified I was of water at the time. Yeah. And... Um, and he was like, no, no, it's going to be okay. And, you know, we were okay. It's just that I wasn't used to being on a yacht that was that would sail along on its side. Um, yep. So that was my experience before that one. But the one on the Auckland Harbour, super easy. You've got a big wheel right there that you can hang on. <laughs> and and the captain's really cool about it too. And um, everybody has the fun. And anybody who wants to have a go at steering the boat gets a chance to do that. So, you know. I've had my bad experience, but now my water fare is not as bad as it used to be because I can now get on a yacht and I don't need my life jacket on. Um, or I'm not as finicky about having it on as I used to be, paranoid about having it on. Um, so then the next day we wake up, it's my 50th birthday. It's the 9th oh, of December. Happy birthday, Helen. Yes. And we have breakfast in the morning. And then I am and you can either have the day at leisure. Now, what we've done with the hotel at the Crown Plaza is we actually have a late checkout at 4 p.m., which is going to be brilliant. So it means that you can go off, you can do whatever you want for the day, um, and then we come back at 4 p.m., we check out, we catch, and then the bus picks us up and takes us to the airport. Um, also at that point, once we hit the airport, that's when our tour ends. But before we get to the airport, we have some fun things to do. So we're going to go up to the Sky Tower that morning, and the Sky Tower is a really, really tall tower in downtown Auckland, and it has this... Um, walkway around the top of it that you can actually do a walk on and we'll ask John about that one in a second and then you can also do a jump from the top of the sky tower back down to the street level so that's what I'm going to be doing the walk and the jump you're more than welcome to come along and join us on the walk or just join us for the jump or do both as well um, and so John you did the walk and it happened to be your birthday the day you did the walk was it not this is true. So we're both celebrating, I guess, uh, doing the same thing or similar thing. You're going to take one little bit more step and do the jump as well. Uh, it was my 40th mm -hmm. birthday and I was down there with a group uh, of, of travel agents from across the United States. Uh, and it was about, there was five of us in total and it was a great experience. They take you out onto the deck. It, it, it's wider than it looks, I can tell you that from uh, experience. Uh, and then you get harnessed in, they go through obviously the safety procedures and they get get you out there and you do a full loop in and around the tower. But at each different points, probably every realistically five metres or so, they get you to do different skills, which I found really, really helpful. But also at the same time testing your boundaries because they get you to hang off the side uh, of of the, the tower just with the rope. Mm -hmm. But they also then get you to close your eyes, which was I found the hardest one. Even though you know you're harnessed in, you've got the rope attached to you, you close your eyes and they ask you to walk realistically probably about 10 yards, which will seem like an eternity when your eyes are closed and you're about a 1,000 feet above the street and you can hear everything around you. But I can tell you, we all loved it. And it's one of those things that we still laugh and giggle about when I chat to the guys because, you know, one of those things you reflect back and you go, oh, I, was, I was petrified. Uh, but, uh, you know, it, it brings a smile to your face, I mean, even just talking about it now. So I, I know you're going to be lucky enough to be doing that, but then you're also going to do the, 
as we say, the jump. The jump. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, and one cool I thing think. about the jump that I have found is that it's a controlled jump. So when you actually jump, you've got the main, you've got the harness on, you've got the main rope on you, but then you've got two guide wires that you're attached to as well so you don't get blown into the buildings on each side of you, which I think mm-hmm. is a very great safety feature. <laughs> and it's I, not I as free-falling as the bungee jump is. <laughs> Uh, it's a little bit like Mission Impossible when Tom Cruise comes from the roost, but you're doing it about 100 times higher than what he does when they, they come down. Yeah. It, it, as you said, it's a control, but I tell you what, it's, it's still you still have to wake up and get the adrenaline going to do the jump for sure. <laughs> but that's, um, that's what we're going to do. Then we're going to meet for lunch, celebrate my birthday. Then everybody's on their own till it's time to catch the bus. And at that point, I'm going to go off and meet up with my family and celebrate my birthday with my family who lives in Auckland, and my parents will be up there as well. Um, And then we come back to the hotel. We then catch the bus out to the airport where we then fly home. And, of course, when we get back in the U.S., it's still going to be my birthday because we'll get back around 2.30 in the afternoon. And so I'm going to be celebrating with Brad's family in Los Angeles that evening. So I get my birthday in two countries and four hemispheres on the same day. That's ideal, ideal. I mean, how many people can you could you take ideally on this trip, Helen? Have you got a certain number you're looking at, or just the interest doesn't doesn't really matter, so to speak? How more more to come, the merrier, so to speak. The more that come, the merrier. But I think we're actually going to cap it at at the thirty. I think is the is what the coach takes. Actually, the coach okay. might take forty. I okay. can't remember so, what so. our capping number is, but I know there is one. <laughs> okay. Because okay. we can only take so many people in a bus. Um, okay. So and the, and these buses are going to be things. nice and comfortable buses too. With um, so there'll be room to spread. Uh, there'll be room to spread out. You're not going to be sitting on top of each other and that sort of thing as well. So, yeah. Yeah. but the cool part is is that we're going to be staying at um, the hotels we're staying. We're staying at two or three nights. So it's not like you stay at a hotel one night. You've got to have your bag out the next morning to get on the bus and go somewhere else. We're making sure that you stay in a place for a while, get to the feel of the place, get to experience some of the the um, things that are uniquely New Zealand before you go on to the next destination. Yeah, I really like the diversity of how you've set it up. You know, I mean, adrenaline, culture, and then, you know, epicenter of business and, uh, you know, enterprises in regards to Auckland. And then obviously a mm-hmm. number of different options there as well. And do people have an option to stay on a little bit longer if they wanted to uh, in Absolutely. New Zealand? They absolutely do. When they go to the website and they, and they register for the thing, it actually asks them what date they want to arrive and what date they want to leave. Um, okay. Even though the actual tour starts on December 2nd and ends on December 9th, they have the option to come in earlier. They could even go to a, fly through Australia, go there first, come over, then do the trip in New Zealand, and then fly home. They may even um, go to Australia, come do the tour, then carry on and do some more of New Zealand. Or they may just fly into New Zealand, spend a few days excuse me, doing some stuff around New Zealand first, then joining us on the tour, then flying home, or have the tour as the middle portion of their trip to New Zealand. Um, or they may come in to start the the tour with us and then stay on in New Zealand and do their own thing, or they just come down for the tour. So there's many options available to them, and it is completely up to them with what they would like to um, see and do either before or after the tour. And then, of course, we've got, as we've talked about on the itinerary, we've got lots of um, time set in there for people to be able to do what they want to do at you know, if they don't want to come bungee jumping with us or even watch, they can go off and do something else. Um, so there is that flexibility built in there. 
Yeah, no, that's great. And the great thing about it is if anyone has a chat to you, you know New Zealand like the back of your hand. You know Australia just as well. So you can incorporate, you know, beautiful seven days you've got set up, but you can turn this into, you know, realistically three to four weeks if people had the time uh, and were available to do this to make sure they get a, a great opportunity to see the South Pacific. Absolutely. And they can even stop at the Cook Islands on their way home or on their way down there as well. Um, well that would be all right. So those who wanted to just stop over in the Cook Islands can do that too. And um, we've already done the show on the Cook Islands, so we'll have to get you back to do another one on Australia next time. Yeah, definitely. <laughs> so, yeah, folks, if you but haven't if heard people... the one on the Cook Islands, that's, that's, that's a real eye-opener for a place a lot of people don't know about, I guess, Helen. Probably it's the easiest way Absolutely. To um, but if people want to find out more about the itinerary that we've just been talking about, all the details are available on, our web, on the website. And the website you need to go to is Helen's, that's H-E-L-E-N-S, NewZealand.com. And that will take you to the page that has all the information there, all the pricing is there. And for those that are interested in the pricing, it's for that seven days that we talked about without any airfare and it's just the land portion only, including in there the tours that we said we are going to be doing, um, it's going to be $1,960 per person based on double occupancy. If you want a room by yourself, it's going to be an extra $801. Um, so, you know, talk with your friends and come have a great time with us. It's going to be, I mean, I am completely biased about New Zealand. I'm from there. I've lived all over it. Um, so I just want other people to come see how great it is. But John's well, not from there, so you can take his word. <laughs> no, well, the great thing, guys, is if you go with Helen, is you're going to learn about the country from a local, which is just great. Do you know what I mean? So she's going to have everything organised for you. Everything's going to be set up. But you're going to have that little bit of free time. But at the same time, you can ask that question and say, Helen, you know, can you tell me about this? And Helen's going to be able to give you that answer straight away. Uh, and you'll know it's from a genuine source. And A, she's lived there. She's lived all across the country. She, I mean, I go to her a lot when I have really, really specific questions about New Zealand because, I mean, I'm from Australia and I've been to New Zealand memory, many times. But, you know, when you've got someone that's lived there and experienced it through their whole, you know, life, uh, there's no one better to be going down with, folks. So give her a call. Absolutely. And thank you for that, John. And John, I just want to say thank you so much for coming on the show today and helping us out with this. It has been absolutely amazing having you on. And um, I can't wait to get down there and bring people down there. I mean, yes, I'm going down for my 50th birthday, but I just want to expose people to New Zealand to see some of the great stuff. It's going to be a phenomenal trip. I am not repeating this itinerary again as an FYI. This is the only time I am doing this particular itinerary. Um, my goal is that every time I go, I take a group down to New Zealand, we do something different. Yes, we may have some things that are the same, but we'll be going to different places. Um, we're not going to repeat the same itinerary. So um, if you like the sound of this itinerary and you want to come join us, it's the only time you're going to be able to do it, because if, if, especially if you want me to go with you. Um, and like you said, I can give you all the hints and tips. We're taking you to some hidden gems in New Zealand that people don't know about, like the Kiwi House in Otrahonga. I mean, that's just a, a really cool place to go. Um, and like we say, not many people know about it. Um, you know, we're going to have other trips coming up where we'll go to different places and do different things. But if you want this particular itinerary, this is the only time that we're going to be offering it as an escorted tour with me going on it. So um, it's a once-in-a-lifetime opportunity. <laughs> the best way I Take can it, folks. It for this. Take it. I tell you what, I, I've <laughs> travelled with Helen, and it's, it was an absolute pleasure and an honour. Uh, and then to be able to go and celebrate a great time with her as well, I think anyone who has a chance to jump on board as soon as possible. Absolutely. So, John, thank you again for taking time out of your day to come on the show with us. I truly, truly appreciate it. 
And um, you better go book your ticket to come with us too if you want to come skate. I'm going to go jump skate, on the website right jumping now. With me. Yeah, well, I've just got to <laughs> see if my wife wants to come. And if she wants to come, we'll be there. So we're all good. Woohoo! That'll be so much fun. And I'm dragging Hubby with us as well. So um, I don't know how adventurous he's going to be, but he'll. But he's got plenty of things that interest him in different areas as well that he'll be out. If he doesn't want to be as adventurous as his wife, he can go off and do what he needs to do. But I know he'll be there with his camera attached to his eye taking lots of pictures to capture all of our phenomenal moments that we're going to have too. So so again, if you're interested in coming along finding out more information, please go to helensnewzealand.com. All of the information that you need is there. Our contact information is there if you have any further questions. There is a register tab there if you want to register. There is a $500 non-refundable deposit um, per person. So once you book your place, it's, and this is why travel insurance is always good, because if anything happens, we can get your deposit back through the insurance as well. Um, so I always recommend the insurance just for that. Uh, so $500 non-refundable deposit required at the time of booking. And hope to see you. Hope you can come with us. It will be a great great trip um, and um, that's basically it from me so John thank you again um, I absolutely love when you come on the show and I know my listeners do too because the, whenever you're on the show our ratings seem to go a lot higher um, so it must be your award-winning personality which is a phenomenal personality to hang around he's great to travel with so if John's coming you're going to have me you're going to have John you definitely know you're going to have a good time because if John's with us you don't have a bad time when John's We, we always have a good time here, Helen, regardless <laughs> where we are, catching up across the United States or down in our own homelands. We, we'll have a good time. So thank you very we much for letting indeed. me join you today. Well, thank you again. I appreciate it. And until next time, hekonera.